This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by Airlock, a new young adult science fiction horror which is Christopher Pike meets The Hunger Games in space. A galactic pleasure cruise for 12 of the richest teenagers in the solar system turns into a horrific nightmare as a sadistic killer builds a trap they can't buy their way out of. Coming whenever to a bookstore near you, since we just made it up. Seriously. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. Hello, this is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I'm here with my two long-suffering co-hosts, Justin Curry and Samantha Biko. They uh, are going to do lots of talking today because, as you can tell, my voice is a little bit ragged. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I guess so. They don't know what we're doing today. And I realized that uh, Dan, our producer here, you could probably hear me if he shouted. What? There you go. Um, and, uh, And all of us were talking about what we should talk about. And then I realized that we hadn't done a thing that I wanted to do for a while. And it probably should have had some preparation, but I decided not to prep it at all. We started our conversation before the show about all kinds of different weird genre movies. We were talking about like this trend of like sea creature movies and this trend of like teenage alien heartthrob movies and like all this stuff from the 80s. And I had this thought, like, how did they, you know, how did those stories come about? And then I realized that there was a thing I've been wanting to do with you guys for a while, which is a thing I used to do uh, low many years ago um, on the hour before midnight on the 13th of every month for 13 months. I would get together with other writers and for one hour we would try to break story and come up with, with no planning whatsoever, come up with a complete treatment for a story, movie or book. Mm-hmm. in one hour nice. and why not do that with you guys Sweet. and what's uh, actually kind of nice is we have a bit of foundation work behind us as a group because the last couple of weeks we've been game testing a game that Gregory wrote produced and did a ton of work on am I allowed to say what it's called sure yeah it's called World War Weird uh, it uses a ton of public domain superhero stuff that that have these incredible backstories that you've built and these great character sheets and these it's it's very it's more story driven in terms of tabletop rpg there isn't a ton of roll the dice how much damage did you do and 70 sessions later you've finally beaten the boss it's very fast paced <laughs> there's like scene after scene after scene and we've been having a ball we don't so. mean to talk trash about dnd we like D&D. I grew up D&D. Oh, yeah. No, I did there's, it every week it's, for 20 It's just years. completely different mode. And mm-hmm. I actually haven't tabletop gamed ever, so this is my first foray into it, although I conceptually understand d Yeah, Justin, too, you had never done a role-playing game before. Right? No, but I've been exposed to enough geek culture that I had a good idea of how it worked, yeah, the you mechanics of it. Hard. And I'm liking that this one seems to, the focus seems to be on organic storytelling, whereas I've surmised with D&D... Um, the story is a little more like set in stone, whereas this one we're kind of like building a movie as we go. Yeah, true. That's also true. So yeah. let's build a story right now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some genres, and we're going to. You're just going to pick, and you'll need to. Uh, I, should I give them vetoes, Dan? No, no vetoes. You're just. We're, what happens is once we pick something, we can't go back. I love how you actually waited for my response. He, yeah. He didn't wait for my response. <laughs> you don't need a response. <laughs> All right. So is it going to be an action, mystery, suspense? Uh, humor, uh, romance, or horror movie? Horror. Horror movie? Horror. Horror humor. Horror humor? Okay. Uh, Funny humor. Okay. I'll make a little note here. Funny humor. Funny horror. (laughs) Funny horror is what I meant to say. Uh, Is it more horror or more funny? Uh... Slither is our template. Slither is our template? Wow, okay. So a good good mix. So a good mix. So it goes back and forth. So we're talking about gross... Mm. And blood, but like Chucky style, where so everyone's getting horror? eviscerated with lots of gore. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm just some. I'm, I'm, okay, so just really leaning into it. All right. Okay, so who is our main character? Male or female? Female. Yeah. Okay. okay, so it's a female main character. Mm-hmm. Let's make her a ship captain. All right. Ship we're captain. Talking about well, now boats. <laughs> we're on the sea. We're on okay. the sea. Justin's favorite what kind of ship? place. Icebreaker. Icebreaker? Okay, so oh, it's okay. not a sci-fi movie. We're not going to s- go into space. 
it's an ice could still be sci-fi. I don't know. The sea is basically space yeah. on this planet. We don't know what's That's going on. a good on. point. Okay, so, so far we have a horror movie with funny elements with the female lead character set on a ship that's an icebreaker, so it's winter. Right, this is good. And that takes care of the isolation thing, too. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Uh, all horror, like, the setting of a, a horror movie, I think, is really, really important. And my favorites are... When it's a little more self-contained, like there's a threat or a monster or whatever, and you can't escape it easily. So, you know, you're lost in the woods, you're lost in space, you're stuck up in the Arctic, you're kind of, you're isolated from help and the rest of the world, and you have to solve the problem with what you've got. Okay, so the other main character of a horror movie then obviously is the threat. Is it a slasher? Is it a monster? Is it like a psychological horror? Is it a ghost? Is it, what is it? Is it a concept like the spiral? <laughs> right. No, we're getting somewhere. What is it? Well, I'm I'm really a big a fan of monster. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel like Sam should take that one because it's obvious for me. Hmm. Oh, there's so much to choose from. I think the monster would be an obvious element, and we should put it in. But the monster isn't the real villain. Oh, okay. Mm. So we've got a. Uh, 90s style horror film with some funny elements, ship captain, icebreaker, isolation in the Arctic, and a monster, but the monster is okay. the, is a MacGuffin, is yes. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. How about our ship captain has been um, hired out by shady government people that she doesn't get along with? It's her ship, but they're trying to call the yeah. shots, and so there's some back and forth there. And she should be a bit older so that she has enough experience to be running this ship yeah. and also has uh, had to deal with some shit. Okay, so is she funny, or does she have a funny character that's with her? Like, is it funny things that happen? Is it a dark comedy, like we find it funny, but it's horrible for them? I'm picturing Sigourney Weaver as the captain and Wash from Firefly as her first mate. Yeah. As kind of the comedic relief. Okay. What's all right. So what's her name? Let's give her a name. (laughs) Sigourney (laughs) and Wash. Spajorney. Spajorney Weaver. The name is less important as the structure right now, but you guys are usually pretty good with names, so I thought no, I'd throw it out. I know, that. and that's why I'm just yeah, you guys are going. She should have blank. a short, punchy name. Captain. Something Nash. I just keep using Nash. Nash. Okay, Captain Nash. Okay. Captain Nash and her uh, first mate, Georgie. George. So Captain Nash, why have they taken on this government contract, Justin? Well, it's on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. <laughs> And it's the end of her career. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's behind on, she's going to lose her ship. She's in debt. Oh. So she's need, she needs to take some off-the-book <clears throat> expeditions. And these guys have a lot of money, and they're going places they're not necessarily supposed to be going. So nobody knows they're going there. Is it a rescue or a retrieval? Retrieval. Yeah. Did something, did they lose it, or did it fall from space? They lost it. It originally fell from space. Oh, okay. Lost it. It's from space. All right. Do they know that? Does she know? At what point does she find out what what they're after? Probably second act. Second act? Okay. So we've got act one. We need to introduce our characters, obviously. Mm -hmm. We need to introduce the regular world of the story, which is like showing us the icebreaker, showing their relationship. How do we establish the relationship between these two? Are they romantically involved, her and George? George is younger, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Is there a big crew? Um, there is, and it's slowly shrinking. Slowly. Yeah. So we got. We have to have a chef, who's pretty funny as well. Right. Okay. Chef. Chef with a lot of charisma. I'm making notes, dear listeners. Chef. A chef is uh, Stephen Toast. Stephen Toast. (laughs) (laughs) You're casting. Okay. So we have a chef. Yeah. So what? To make a good horror movie, you need to have the list of people who are going to die. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna have the chef killed. We're gonna have who else? Unfortunately. We're gonna have um, uh, the engineer. There's got to be some sort of engine guy. The mechanic guy. Yeah, but I want it to be a woman, and I want that to be the love interest. A woman. Uh, And they'll uh, be the last ones to make it. So Captain Nash and the engineer are. uh, Okay. Is it a love that dare not speak its name, or it's her ship, so she can just? It's her ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's refreshing. The main government people have to be sleazy, evil, but they're. Could be like some just hired guns that have. Good I would say that the engineer and... is new. Yeah. And they've been, but oh, they've been brought on by the government agency. But Captain Nash doesn't know that. I think oh. they're just. Some... Can we, let's go against type here. Let's have the government agency not be evil. I know it's crazy, but let's just have them not be bad. Everyone will expect that they're bad. That could be part of the joke. If you want to have funny elements, right? They could always arrive with mood lighting and like 
tall what's those they just collars flip the on the light bulb and it turns yeah, on right. yeah yeah damn but i feel like to like really turn left here we need to make the government agency not need oh i've got a really good turn left but it's for act three uh we've got a real problem here what's your act three she is the monster the engineer or nash nash <gasps> And they've put her on the ship thinking she's going to go to retrieve something, but they're trying to get her to, they're trying to put her into, into like either a trap or trying to recapture her without her knowing. So if, okay, hold on, leaning away from the microphone now. So Captain Nash is the monster. Was she always the monster? Yes. Or did she become the monster on her last voyage? And they don't know that. Maybe she's the only one who's been to this yeah, I know the place way there. before. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. And she's like, oh, we have to solve this mystery of why all the crew members are disappearing, but at night she's eating all of them. Oh. And there's your funny parts, right? So act one and part of act two, Nash is kind of the main character, and then we slowly switch to Georgie taking over as like the main The point of view. Well, hero? Yeah, we'd have to have Georgie sort of present as the comedic relief in act one and, and she thinks it's georgie woman. yeah and she's blaming yeah she doesn't know she's the monster then no oh that's even better so hmm. okay okay so nash doesn't know that she's the monster she is the captain of this icebreaker she's been to this location before which is why she's hired but the fact she's been to the location before we have to downplay in that first act so that it's like more obvious by... And it seems like they're blackmailing her because of the other things she has going on. Like, right. you're going to lose your ship, um, or we have something on you. And she's like, fine, fine, I'll do whatever you want. I'll just just do this one last thing, and then I'm out. Which would twist the audience away <clears throat> from suspecting her as any kind of creature because she has all this motivation for why she'd be doing it that's very yeah. human mm-hmm. and built in a past. So she doesn't know she's the monster. What kind of monster is it? It's like a shape changer then? I feel like it needs to be, yeah, whenever they get to this this artifact or the structure or the ship, um, there needs to be like maybe eggs or pods or something and some of them are missing. Okay. Um, they find, or devices. Right. Um, and that way we can kind of show that people have been there before and been taken over or have... So you could have like some uh, island full of lost smash ships. Right? Like that it's maybe been a thing for a long time. Hmm. 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 What if, if it's been going on for a long time, what if, okay, so it seems like it's going to be a tragic twist at the end of Act 3 when you find out Nash is the monster and the engineer, you know, likes her, but really it's the two monsters finding each other. Oh, and they kill everyone on the ship and they get to go to their island and be together. I've got a good mechanic for that as well. It's, it's an iceberg that's mobile that shows up from time to time. And that's, it's actually a ship of some kind. Oh, like it comes and goes. Yeah. So, and it's got a whole bunch of, um, like wrecks on it because it comes up. But the twist is that this government agency is trying to stop them, right? It's trying to like stop them from colonizing earth or killing a whole bunch of people. And so the engineer who is the plant soldier is the hero who's out to slay the monster, but she falls in love with the monster and then the monster makes her become one. And then together they go on. Does she become one or is the twist that she was one all along? No, the, and no, like Nash should have always been right, or like, or she has been turned into one, and right. the engine, the engineer is human. Chooses, so chooses they have a it. bit of a love story, but then at the end, she forces her to become an alien as well. So. No, she makes the choice, or like the engineer makes the choice Consent. because she because she oh. loves oh. Nash and she wants to be with Nash, and she's just like fuck it. And also, everybody's dead, <laughs> yeah. so she's got very little and choice. Jo- like, to- yeah, and Georgie is like you know, all ripped up at the very, very end. And he's don't like, do he's, don't do it. And he's like, got a gun and he's going to kill them both. And then the engineer kills Georgie and, and then, then they go off together and it's beautiful. Oh, I just want the monsters to win. I just want them. And then they go on the ship and then the ship sinks into the sea yes, and, and then goes somewhere gone, else. And mysteriously gone. Yeah. Which is yeah. why it, that's not why they're, it's an iceberg that just, sh- the huge ice structure that seems to be going down and coming up and going down and coming That's up. That's right, and I can't find it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. That's good. <laughs> okay. All right. See, that was easy. 17 minutes. Right? Took us, <laughs> all right. Took us 17 minutes to come up with a story. Now, the reason that I wanted to do this. Uh, copyright, the- copyright, TM, TM, copyright. <laughs> Registered trademark, TM. 
um, is I hope what people realize is that, uh, or the listener is sort of trying to figure out, it's not a particularly brilliant story. It's not a particularly um, finished story. What we did was we broke the story. We broke down the essential beats of what it would take in order to have a story that we might like. And if we got excited enough about it, then you could run away and you would make a treatment. You'd make a one-page breakdown of all the things that we just said. I mean, we recorded it, so that's handy for us. Mm -hmm. But once you have that, then you really look at what it can be, right? Is it worth writing? There's a lot of holes in that plot that we just... Skated right yes, through. Skated right through, right? <laughs> like, why are they killing the people? All that kind of stuff. But when you're trying to make up a story, I think it's really important for people to realize that if you tried to second guess and add in all the details too early, all the momentum bleeds right out of it. And we were able to jump to the part that we liked, which was a dramatic third act with a bit of a twist. We made the government good, which led us to the thought that, well, if the government's good, then maybe the aliens are the protagonists, right? It's like, it's not a one-to-one. -one. It's not a direct line between where we went. great reveal moment as well. Hit me. These aliens, once they take over a host, they have to stay cold, which is why they're up in the Arctic and which is why it's mm -hmm. lots of ice-based stuff. At some point, we can find out that when the aliens take over, yeah, they have to stay cold, and then we could find the captain's jacket has been hollowed out and is not actually warm at all. Like, all her, like, winter gear is, like, false winter gear. Oh. Like, Georgie borrows her coat and goes, like, this well, is not... Well, so a, thin. Like, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why is this so thin? Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I also think um, a good scene would be one of the people who is supposed to, which you find out is the alien, is either in the ice or being dragged behind the ship, like, just lowers themselves into the water, mm. right into the ice water. And is just like floating along beside it every now and then because mm -hmm. they get too hot yeah. on the ship. Uh, and then, you know, if we're going to try to make it so, the one thing that broke down is that I don't think we have any humor like built in. And so that would come in the writing, that would mm -hmm. come in the interplay between the characters, like what the jokes would be and why would be based on how well you built George as a character, right? If his reactions were super over the top, if his. What if we gave George the voice of the audience, right? Yeah. Like that he just was always calling bullshit yeah. all the time yeah. on everything that's so obvious. You know, and like Cabin in the Woods style. Like, right. yeah. we can't split up. Yeah, what are you, crazy? Yeah. yeah. Or he calls it right away. He's like, I bet there's an alien out there, right? Like you know? they pull up to the crazy iceberg structure thing and he just immediately puts the ship in reverse. He's yeah. just like, nope, yeah. no, 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 we're not going there. <laughs> yeah, let's not do it. Let's not do it. He's a chef. Now he's the driver. Yeah. No, is George the chef? I thought he was the first no, mate. George is the, the first mate. mate. We okay. didn't give the chef a name. Right. No. Now, why are they Toast. killing him? Toast. <laughs> why, are they kill why does the alien have to kill people? They're both food making source. funny faces, dear listeners. I don't know. Food, food source. source. Is that all? The meat. The meat. It seems like we could do mm. better. I mean, maybe you're overthinking it. It's true. They could just be eating them. But do they eat and then get ready to procreate? And, you know, it's like. But how many the, aliens are there? I thought that there's just the one. There's just the one. There's just the one that's on the ship yeah, and so it's Nash. Yeah, so why does she eat like eight people? Yeah. Right? Mm. She also turns people, right? I don't know if she can. Does she turn them or do they turn? Um, is she just throwing them overboard to feed to the babies that are coming out of the iceberg? Yeah. I think when they reach the destination, the engineer chooses to be changed. Or the engineer just goes with her onto the ship. And it's oh. just like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is fine. Mm. I used up all my vacation days, she says. <laughs> As they walk off into the sunset, the frigid Arctic sunset. Oh my gosh. I'm imagining something like Body Snatchers, yeah, where she's not killing them per se. She's slowly infecting them or making them, you know, uh, I'm, I'm picturing like some kind of like little squiddy creatures. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. I don't know. It's just she needs some other kind of motivation. Like she needs something with the ship. She needs the ship to get to the place. Um, or she needs to do it in a way where she's not being stopped, where she suspects that there are these agents trying to stop her. Or Right, so what if you did a thing um, where as the crew members are no longer necessary, 
in their particular roles, that's when they start to yeah, disappear. Yeah, so they also they do a really good job. <laughs> They're really good at their job yeah. and getting the work done. It's when she starts killing them. Right. Or that, like, I mean, I don't know enough. You'd have to, this would be where the research hole would happen. Mm -hmm. You'd have to look into how an ice rigger runs and then figure out, or an ice breaker, figure out, like, what are the non-essential tasks and when do they start arriving? Or and that's the people yeah. who start disappearing. Because she, as the captain, knows the ship has to get there. But she has or a monster the nose. ship is like super old. She's had right. this ship for a really long time, right. and it's breaking down. And Snowpiercer style, she needs replacement parts for it. Right. And the people. Oh, like the ship itself. <laughs> the ship itself. Oh, like the, the you mean like the frozen she's place she's going? She's patching up the ship with people. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, gross. How does that even work? I don't like know. Like the alien ship, you mean? No, no, her icebreaker ship. It's like patched with people. Yeah, so but she's so instead of instead of killing them outright, eating them or turning them, right. she can like re-bioengineer them to become like pistons, like human <laughs> pistons. Or um, and there's your comedy element. Oh my God. Yeah, is like all these funny like bits where the crew is and they were becoming parts of the ship. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why don't you know? But. I think for the listener to realize is that the further we got into details, that's where disagreements in tone mm -hmm. occur between different storytellers. I think that also shows how easy it is to come up with that initial idea and how like, oh my God, I have this great thing. But then if you really take the time and put the work into Trying it, to execute it that's when yeah, things can, yeah, that's yeah. when the hard work begins. Yeah. Um, the, made me think of virus, that line, like <coughs> the aliens think humans are spare parts. They're making all those robotic things, and they're like, oh, humans are just more parts for us to use. Oh, when Justin says it, it's a great idea. <laughs> but when Sam literally well, fleshes it out, it's, I don't know. <laughs> but listen, what Justin is pointing out is that it's already been done, so we can't do it. No, it's not already been done. Have you seen a ship with humans as parts of it? No. Only yeah. in Hellraiser shows, Hellraiser-style <laughs> stuff. Um, all right. But imagine all of these like human parts. Like in the movie, they're all practical effects. So it's like if it's John practical Carver's. effects, I mean 100%. Okay, so how long did that take us, Dan? 25 minutes. Let's do another one. Oh boy. All right. Because you get all fired up and you get attached to a single storyline. Okay, so action, mystery, suspense, romance, horror, humor. We'll leave humor out of it. We tried, we didn't do so good. I think that has to do with the, the actor's interaction. That's so true. So it really depends on the cast there. Yeah. Um, drama's easy, but comedy is hard. So you need to bring a comedian in for that stuff. And I'm not just saying that. Thanks. I don't really believe that. Thanks, Sam. Action, mystery, suspense, horror, romance. Uh, mystery. I usually start with plot devices. Like the Interesting point. Like if we can think of a, a cool setting or plot device and then... Okay, well, if we're going to do a mystery, a mystery is predicated on the mystery itself. So mm -hmm. what is the kind of mystery? Like, is it a lost item? Is it a murder? Is it a, like, uh, Indiana Jones-style, you know, ancient civilization set of puzzles? Is it a uh, psychological mystery? What kind of mystery do you want? Hmm. The thing about a mystery, though, and I find this as a writer, is you have to work from the very end. You, yeah. you have to, have to go back. Oh, I'm glad you bring it up because yeah. this is what, what I'm starting with. Is if once we choose the mystery, we have to know what the end is and then work backwards yeah. to make it interesting. So if it's a murder mystery, let's just go simple then. It's a murder mystery. Who, what, what do you need to know about in a murder mystery? You need to know motivation. You need to know the who, the what, the why. What setting is it? What year is it? My, my, lately my thing has been to set everything before cell phones, but that's because I just find that it's Because really they're just such a scapegoat. Yeah. It's just, you can always call for help. You can always find the answer on Google. Yeah. 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 So maybe we should do the reverse. We should go against that predilection and just let people have their cell phones. Could you have a murder mystery? Could you have a murder mystery? Okay, how when about everyone had his access to the answers. My favorite murder mysteries take place on trains. Okay. Because again, isolated. It's isolation. Yeah. Isolation time. Well, let's let's go into the future, and okay. it's like a a spaceship cruise ship kind of thing. Okay. And people are getting killed off one by one. 
We could do the like the murder mystery on the train, but set in space. Okay, so, so it's, it's a it's murder, murder on, on the, the Galactic Orient. Express. Yeah. Express. Murder yes. on the Galactic <laughs> Express. Okay, so murder on the Galactic Express. Who is the murderer though? Because you have victim. to the victim. The victim is the murderer. <laughs> yeah, they're not really dead. They're not really dead. Oh, oh. are they even human? Oh, now we're just rewriting <laughs> yeah, re- the sequel to to, to Icebreaker. Right? Oh my god, but Icebreaker so is a great title because great they are falling comedy. in love. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Icebreaker. Oh, okay, the sequel to Icebreaker. No, okay, Murder on the Galactic Express. We, the, could, do, we could have kind of a Pandorum uh, take that. They're all supposed to be in hypersleep and they're all, they've been woken up, but they shouldn't have been woken up yet, and there's been a murder. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so is it the crew of this ship or is it the uh, passengers of the ship that wake up to solve the murder? Maybe the passengers, because the crew is still asleep. Or the crew has all been killed. Like, all the authority figures are all dead. And Ooh. it's like the, the, the people who don't really know what they should be doing or how to run the ship or what, like, how anything works, those, those yeah, are the people Yeah, they're that all left. just, like, rich trust funders. Yeah. And, like, one guy who's, like, a blue collar. Okay, I yeah. want one character to also be a artificial intelligence algorithm. Like, but it kind of sucks. Uh, no, it's like oh. super good at everything. It oh. just can only learn at a certain, <clears throat> only learns. Like the whole thing with uh, AI is right. They can essentially learn anything, but they have to be okay, presented with a, stuff long But enough. it's an app interface there you go. in yeah. a human body. And they're only able, it's like a Candy Crush app interface oh, person. No. <laughs> so they're just like, look, the only thing that I'm really good at is taking the same colored blocks and lining them up with similarly colored blocks <laughs> to get points. Now, is that this kind of situation that okay. we're in? So here's, here's a scene. 12, 12 people yeah. wake up to a scene of the crew complete, like all murdered, murdered in horrible ways. As they're all kind of like groggy and making their way through the ship, they're coming across everybody of importance has been killed in okay, a horrific way. How have they way. been killed? Like stabbed, burned. Are their bodies still out. there? Are their bodies still there? The bodies are still there, and they've been killed in like really in like horrible ways. I love the uh, the first episode of Dirk Gently. There's that um, scene in the hotel where there's oh, yeah. all this grisly murder has happened and you as the viewer are like how like how could this how? possibly yeah. happen? and so by the end of our movie we can have flashbacks to how these crazy kills actually occurred okay mm-hmm. so mean, we're setting up all this like all this suspense okay so in order to show that it's like totally <clears throat> wild levels of violence let's decide that the weapon whatever it is is some kind of gravity weapon so it causes people to just be splattered we're sci-fi right horrible, yeah. yeah all right so the killer is one of our first victims that we find, but the audience won't know that. Yes. Right. So how do we hide? And then the 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 people who woke up are also being killed. I got one. I got one. Okay. Yeah. The the killer is one of the first people. Second, third, fourth body we see is a body floating out in space. Nice. And then by the end, that they body's, pull it back in. They pull it back in. And they have to take they take all the bodies, and there's some kind of med bay on this ship, right. and they have all the bodies like set up. No one on the ship is a medical person, so they're all trying to just kind of facilitate these hints and clues just based on what they can see. So one thing you could have is that you could have the ship itself. Ship um, train. Yeah, it's no, but the ship or train or whatever this thing is. It's, uh, I want it like, to be a train in space. Okay, it's a train. It's, it's traveling uh, a desolate moon, this astro train. But you have the, the fact that the passengers just don't have the knowledge like if they knew what to ask the ship to do it could do it but they don't have enough working knowledge of any of the systems or any of the things to ask for the clearance clearance, right so when they ask it to do certain things they're like no i'm sorry right maybe that's why they bring the one body back in they go through the effort of bringing the the captain's body back in so they can get his like fingerprints to open the bridge or and try or something like that oh there's a reason they they go through the effort. They go of, for the effort. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Or is that the MacGuffin? Like we see the body floating away, and then we just assume they're dead. But then there, that person is moving around the ship on the outside of it, which oh. is why they never encounter. Mm-hmm. And then once they bring it in, and they use its clearance to like get into the bridge, to like send a signal back to wherever the, you know this station is right. they're headed to, that all that equipment's been destroyed on the outside of the ship. Right. There you go. We have to have a spacewalk scene for sure where somebody gets 
pushed into the the engines or oh okay good something's wrong with me in order to do a proper murder mystery you need to we need to figure out ahead of time what the motivation of the killer is yeah. and then hide that from the audience yes so what why is this person going on a gravity the captain's daughter was them. hazed at a college frat party <laughs> And these are all the college students that were involved. Oh, it's a revenge. And okay, so, it's revenge. I don't know what it is. So it's, it's murder on the Orient the... Express, Justin, yeah. in space. Revenge is good. <laughs> it's the singer, not the song. So if you wanted to go revenge, what is something, like why go to the extent of killing them on the ship? Well, they're all, if they're all like rich kids, they're all like the descendants or like the... Like a generational thing. Oh, I like that. Yeah, like they're they're all like the kids of the people who run these giant corporations back on whatever planet it right. is, and they're like the sole heirs to these empires. All right, so we call it inheritance, Ooh. and it's the thing that they deserve to get. <laughs> wow. We could have one Sam of the. Sam rolled her eyes so hard, the ceiling shifted here. <laughs> one of the kids or one of the the passengers is in cahoots with the actual killer, and they're coordinating everything. Mm-hmm. So we find out it's the two at the end. So that they can get what? What do they get? Is it just money? It can't be money. Yeah. No, but it has to be revenge because of money. And the, the message is in the end, you can't take it with you. Oh. I don't know. It's falling apart pretty fast. I liked our icebreaker one better. Our icebreaker <laughs> one is better. It's so good a cute name, too. <laughs> okay, if we cut back to icebreaker, you got anything new things for that? Other than the cute name. Um, that maybe the captain was stranded on that. The, the reason she is infected and knows where the iceberg is is because she was stranded by herself there and she's bringing more hosts for her other aliens to take over. That's the reason she's coming back is more hosts. So the, her real reason for going back it's just population. is bringing more people. Yeah. So, but that kind of... But the ta- government believes that they're manipulating her. So she's allowing yeah. herself to be manipulated. But then you can't have all the great kills and yeah, no, I think that, no, but like, no, but like, I think the government is sending her there because they want the location of this iceberg. Right. And they are aware that she knows where it is and that she has something to do with it. She's going to lead them there. What if they know that she is the creature and it turns out that the kills, some of the kills are the government covering up people finding out she's the creature. They need her to get there or it will disappear. It'll only stay afloat for one of its own kind. Oh. Hmm. Right? So then you have two groups with the same agenda. But the government's agenda is to ultimately destroy this thing. Is it? I think so. Because they're just like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to have this happening. So they have to find it, destroy it. She has to lead them there. But then it just goes absolutely wrong for them because she knows what she's doing. And I they're, like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so now a really important... And all of the people they've sent have been turned into parts for the <laughs> ship. <laughs> all right, so if you can do it right, if it can be done well, then you can sum up your story in three sentences. Somebody wants something, complications ensues. So break it down for me. Give me the slug line, the pitch. Oh, you mean the, uh, the, the elevator pitch? Yeah. The Warner Brothers execs are coming, Sam. Get this together. Yeah, but it has to be this meets this. Okay, so do it. So what's the this meets this? So for the dear listener, a good way, if you can sum up your story by comparing it to two other people's stories, it, it, sound, it sounds horrible, but it's really good because um, it's just a shortcut for where the conversation begins and or ends. Right? It's the thing meets you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Now you got it. I was going to say the thing meets Titanic. Oh. Oh. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know if the icebreaker icebreaker sinks, though. But there's an iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you've got mail. Okay, so the thing meets you've got mail uh, with a... uh, uh, With a smidgen of Titanic. Okay. Now, lay out the actual story beats. Somebody wants something, complications ensues. Who wants what? And what is the complication in the plot that makes it an interesting story? So you have your, you have Nash, yeah. right? She wants to save her ship from being claimed. She's on the verge of retirement. Yeah. She needs to do one last job. Um, She's an alien. Mm. 
No, well, that's she what, has, yeah, in the first she, act, we don't know that. Yeah. 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 She had a whole life before this. Yeah. She yeah. wasn't just like an alien right. who suddenly yeah. has his ship. Yeah. Um, so she has like an actual reason oh. for going out there. Yeah. Um, so on the verge of retirement, Captain Nash doing one last job in the Arctic Circle um, for an organization. We haven't really named it yet. Right. For the Minus Institute. No. <laughs> no? Shh, that's mine. No. <laughs> copyright, copyright. Copyright, copyright, trademark. The positive Institute. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a monster. Um, okay, so uh, Captain Nash. But her crew Nash. is disappearing. Right. And, so there, and something on the ship is hunting Nash and her plucky crew. Right. Now, but what we're really saying is Nash has finally found love, right? That's the main element that mm-hmm. gets disrupted by this. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not telling you, I'm asking you. Right? Like, if that's the, core, if that's the real through line, if that's the real thread, then you have to establish when you're pitching, right, this essential element. Like, Nash has finally found somebody that she trusts and cares for. The problem is that she's on an icebreaker headed to the Arctic that everyone on the ship is slowly dying one at a time. So can she solve the mystery before the person that she's fallen for is killed by whatever nefarious forces? Right. See, but now it sounds like a drama. So you have to be pitching it so yeah, that it has I a agree. comedy edge. Okay, yeah. we're going we're gonna to come back to this. I think I've solved Murder on the Galactic Express. Okay. <laughs> All these kids on this cruise, um, I'm thinking they're like college students now. Each one of their families is an ultra rich in the future where they they own like satellites and space stations and stuff like that. And the captain is ransoming, ransoming them all throughout the movie to try, they've, um, they're doing something. They're doing some kind of demolition that's going to destroy a space colony, but because they're so ultra-rich and there's so many people, it's just, that's fine. It's collateral damage. So he's ransoming, 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 ransoming yeah. all the kids to try to get the, the parents to stop this demolition, and as one by one the parents say no, he kills a kid. Oh, so the kids find out that their parents... Their parents are saying no one by one, and that's the order they're dying wow. in. inheritance. And, inheritance. And finally, <laughs> and finally, like, the last like I the last it. sibling couple, their parents actually says, okay, yes, we'll stop the demolition. And so he doesn't kill them at the last minute. And then it's all revealed that throughout the movie, that's why they were all getting killed, because their parents are just refused. so dispassionate about... Yeah. yeah. What are we going to do now, Bill? Cuffs won't even fit on them. I'm really big on this idea lately that the beginning of a story should contain its end as well. Like we can have some like news story kind of flickering on the screen as we pan over dead bodies, and it's almost like background noise of like yeah, you today is the vote for Sector Seven demolition. Should, you should almost open with them at like some really vapid party on the ship, like the going away party, and they're all complaining about their parents, right? Yeah. Like the way the way that typical teenagers mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm getting the hell off of this rock so yeah. you know, yeah, I can get away from my dad. Yeah, my dad never listens dad. to yeah. me. He doesn't yeah. even care what I do or think yeah. or any of this kind of stuff. And you could set it up the way that it's like a, a, a regular human interaction that people would and just And then it pans accept. out of the window and they're in space. And they're in space. See you guys all in six months and then... Ching, yeah. And, and then glasses two clink. months later and then yeah. we and see all the... Yeah. See? Coming back to it. So... Um, <laughs> Justin, Justin, <laughs> Justin just raised his hands in triumph. Yeah. Um, but what I like about that is it took... Coming back to a different story. Coming back to a different story. And the killer is a good guy. He's trying to save his home colony space station thing. Right. And he's Against not, the ultra-rich. He's a working guy. Yeah. Right? He's like working class, and there's no way to stop it in all his working class people. Like, you could just talk, you could talk in general about how you have the stratification of society. The gaps right? are just so big. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. Where does he get this gravity weapon? <laughs> it's the weapon, it's the kind of weapon that's going to be used on the colony. So he's using it as a state. Or is it just space maintenance stuff is so cool? You space know, uh, like uh, Dead it's Space. Just, it's just construction equipment. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Just working class stuff. Just working class yeah. stuff. And he's murdering these ultra rich, yeah. yuppie kids. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is that if you revealed that twist early, like about halfway through the kills, and the kids were able to plead 
to their parents, mm -hmm. you could build a lot of pathos and drama. They could find out halfway through there is an actual working calm. Like all the calms seem like they just they were destroyed, but then they find find a hidden one that yeah. the the killer has been using to back and forth with the parents. Right, and that's yeah. when they find out what transmissions have been sent. They look at them and they realize that's your parents. That's that was his dad. That was his dad. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then they try to get in touch with their own parents and like beg them. And they do beg them, and they still get killed. And yeah. they still get killed. I'm yeah. sorry, Timothy, but yeah, yeah. this you is can, bigger than all of us. You yeah. convinced me, but you didn't convince them. What? Yeah. And then yeah, I'm sorry. The board has voted against you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's some dark shit there. Huh, huh. I like I like Icebreaker. It makes me feel better, even though I think there's a higher body count. Now, what's interesting about this is that. Both stories are essentially built on the same structure, right? We find a bunch of bodies along the way, and we have to reveal it. And in one, we dug right into the reason for the bodies, and that gave us the answer to the how and why. And in the other one, we just skipped it. We're like, yeah, OK, there'll be a bunch of funny, gory deaths, probably a chef, and who knows who else. And it didn't, it didn't really grab us, but the relationship between Nash and the engineer mm -hmm. did, and that tied it all together. That and the name Icebreaker, I think, really. <laughs> yeah. Really did it. Yeah. Right? So between Inheritance and Icebreaker, these two uh, uh, coming soon to a theater Can't near name you. it Inheritance. That ties it to their parents have something to do with it, like right off the bat. You got something spacey. Maybe one of them celebrating their inheritance and bringing all of their friends so that you can, you can uh, have the title. Own, my like, dad's it, giving me my payout yeah. on his will early. And he's taking all his friends on this vacation. Yeah. Right? And he's the biggest douche of them all. Yeah, and he's like such an awful guy. So it starts as if he, it's his fault, right? So that it's named after the fact that that guy's paying for it is what it seems like, but then they're all paying for it mm -hmm. in the end. Or trust fund. Trust fund. Yeah. Inheritance is better. <laughs> than trust fund? Although I don't trust, know, because trust. Yeah. And they're, I don't know, they're all trying to. I like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, um, how? Let's say you were gonna. Okay, this is actually great for Sam. Uh, how much time do we have, Dan? How are we doing? Ten minutes. Okay, this is perfect, Sam. Mm. You are the only one here qualified to do the next thing. If we wanted to pitch either of these as a young adult series, what are the changes? As a series oh, or a young adult be standalone? Okay, standalone. A young adult standalone. What are? I mean, a lot of people who are. Oh, young adult. You just like. Made two movies in which people get murdered. Well, yeah, but the, the space one would be way more young adult. Okay. So this is what I'm getting at. So like, there is a there the is Hardy a, Boys, right? <laughs> there is a way space to turn the knobs movies. on these stories in order to adjust them to a specific audience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What knobs would you turn on these stories? Like you already picked, I think that inheritance. Yeah, is better you, to you wouldn't really have to turn any of them. I mean, even if so you can just say that they're like high school grads, right? You know, and it's like they're they've all they're like seventeen, eighteen years old instead of college students. And the viscera is okay. Well, I guess oh, if we yeah. think about Hunger Games, oh hell right? yeah, right? The violence is. Uh, it's actually not overstated either, most of the violence in that. It's just you fill in the gap, right? You know something bad's happening mm -hmm. when that sword plunges three times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there really isn't. Like, that would be, that could just be straight line YA. Right. It just also depends on what the themes you're focusing on. So you're, if this is like kid-parent relationship, then that's perfect. Right. Um, and just trusting authority figures and you having to become the authority figure all of a sudden and coming of age. Yeah, it's totally a coming of age. <laughs> very, in a very compressed, like, survival. It's So, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> the Hardy Boys meets the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, but... In space. In, in space. space. Yeah, so space it, train. It would, be a, it would be a good standalone, I would huh. think. Okay, so we have, um, what do you say? The Thing meets You've Got Mail with a touch of Titanic. <laughs> and Hardy Boys meets... Hunger Games. Hunger Games on in the, space. Yeah. Yeah. On the Orient Express. Hardy Boys meets the Hunger Games on the Orient Express mm -hmm. in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Okay, so um, what are other considerations, though, if you're going to... Um, because there's a, I mean, you can't go on to author Twitter without seeing people ranting about how young adult is where, like, where the acquisitions are happening, and like, I don't write young adult, and they get angry about it, but we just essentially made two horrific, violent horror stories mm -hmm. that you, without missing a breath, said, oh no, this one could easily be adapted. So what is that, what's going on there? What are they after? 
Tell us. Uh, they're just after a com like I would say compelling, um, compelling thematic elements um, that have to do with usually identity or like I said coming of age or and like interpersonal relationships. So you have like twelve kids, mm -hmm. and they're all sudden. They've been they've probably been spoiled their entire lives, and now all of a sudden they have to learn in a very very quick. Um, compressed they have to mature very quickly all of a sudden if they're going to make it out and they have to you know be empathetic for their fellow no i mean character could ship. be like new money so she's not as douchey as the rest of them oh i like and that and that's why her parents actually care about stopping the i think you whatever do a flip with that though you have them be new money and she that's the tragedy is that they won't risk it for her because they've fought so long to get there oh right so she's the savior of the people on the train ship mm -hmm. right but they her parents vote against it and it's the douchiest one like the douchiest kid that survives maybe no i think she could <laughs> survive she could be our final end. girl right and um for the dear listener the final girl is just in is a trope in horror films where right usually there's yeah, one last it. person <laughs> yeah. who makes it out and it's usually a girl um, she could be the final girl. Still, she would have to b defeat whoever our captain is or angry. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what did you call him? Uh, he's uh, keeping them hostage. Yeah, or, yeah, the conductor. <laughs> the conductor. Right? Which is nice because he's conducting all of this. Like, it's it's has that double role. And I'm going to stay by you. Just like I swore I would. For better or worse. So she resists, she'll have to defeat him in spite of the fact that her parents have voted against her. Yeah, and I right. mean, the thing is, in YA, you're putting, you're usually putting teenagers in these situations and they don't have power, authority, and they're relying on outside forces to solve the problem for them. And then when those forces are taken away and they're thrown into this, this maelstrom of having to deal with that stuff, that's kind of the heart of YA, is that young people who don't have the life experience who are suddenly put in impossible situations and mm, they have to, and right. they're mostly basing all of their decisions on emotional. Um, Can we redeem one of those douche guys? Can we redeem him? Can we make the guy the that 12, we hate sure. the most at the beginning have um, some, like have the, have the experience change him? Right? I think so. Break down that shell and have him be and not like I wouldn't want him to be a romantic interest of her. That's a little too on the nose, but some kind of like maybe sacrifices himself at the end. So earlier in the first act, we can have him one of those scenes where he locks the door behind him yeah. and keeps running. Yeah. But then Don't later on, you know on, who I am. I of course yeah. I have to live. Yeah. yeah. But after a couple more deaths, we have him actually put himself at risk to save some other characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has that that moment character moment. Yeah. I like that. So many good space space deaths I can think of too. Oh yeah, really yeah. good ones there. Yeah. Um, but you just says you're turning the dial up on the tension, and it's just very character focused. Um, I mean, you, and you can say the same about adult commercial fiction as well. Like none of these things that I'm saying, they they can you know be applied to people who are over the age of 18. Right. It's just usually when you have younger people put in these situations, it just it makes it more tense because they don't have the experience or the wherewithal to solve a lot of these higher problems and i think we forgive the main characters a mistake mm -hmm. that allows you as an author to have them make a mistake that's good for the plot and that, the, that yeah. the audience will be like yeah well they're just a kid of course they and, you, and you're focusing on this character arc right, right? you know where they like um i was at a convention and i was on a ton of panels with a lot of great authors and and one of them um, she was like, my main thing when I write YA is that I have the main character have an obsession with something, and then I have them, uh, you know, their personality is the complete opposite of what they're going to become. So if they're like volatile and they're quick to anger, and then at the end, that does a complete shift. And it's usually based on something that they're obsessed with. Funny, because um, that sounds so simple, but accomplishing it well mm -hmm. in a story would be quite difficult. Yeah. I have a really good sci-fi element death thing to, to work into this yes. as well that I just Continue thought of. with murder. Okay, so <laughs> in the future, they have um, like little room-sized 3D printers. So we could have early on in like the first five yes. minutes, they have to like going. 3D print a chair because they need another chair for the party. So this huge thing like 
Yeah, they just do it, like some vapid thing. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, I need a comfier chair, yeah. and so he makes like a you know a lazy like a nice comfy chair in the three right. D printer, and then one of the kids gets <laughs> locked in that room, and the murderer like three D prints something like while he's stuck in the three D printer. Or they, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible, right? Yeah. Holy Christ. Good. Well, you could have. Okay, I have a better. I have a one up. Oh, you're wanting right that the three D printer right would have its area well no it would have the area where it draws you know like regular 3d prints it draws the plastic spools or whatever so you put one character in the other one and the two of them end up 3d printed into a single body like all smooshed together this is no longer (laughs) YA. Oh, I was just, the pathos moment would have been that the kid is like the, the kid of whoever owns the company who makes the 3D printers and they 3D print oh, weapons or something. Yeah, oh. they, they 3D print him. Yeah. Fudge. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Why are we so good at these horrible murders? Um, yeah. Every time you go to Justin's booth at Chasing Artwork and you see his vibrant colors, just know that beneath all of that joy <laughs> and magic to his style is a lurking mystery. a psychopath who's really into murdering people. Now, you um, did something there, Sam, though, that I, d- I don't think we should gloss over. You immediately jumped to getting a little deeper into it. Like, Justin was like, here's a cool, functional murder. And I was like, here's another layer that would make it even grosser. And then you <laughs> looped it back into story, mm-hmm. right? Into the character development of like, well, if that kid's being murdered and the motivation of this guy is to teach these ultra-rich a lesson, mm-hmm. the loop here is to connect that character's death mm-hmm. thematically, which becomes a clue to the reader that doesn't have to be revealed until later, which is what I like about it, mm-hmm. right? Like, they can start putting those pieces together, right? Like, what if each of those deaths is related to some function on the ship that is designed by the parents, parent, literally the parent corporation? Right? Parent corporation yeah. oh. would be a good name too. <laughs> parent trap. <laughs> In space. In space. In space. Oh. All right. Well, um, this has been Super Pulp Science, where this time we talked exactly how genre gets made. <laughs> We made up two wonderful uh, films and or movies TM, and TM, or TM, 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 TM. TM. <laughs> um, but it's a singer, not the song. So technically, if you take these plots and run away and write a novel with it, um, and we did the same thing, they'd be so different. Icebreaker by Wes Anderson. Yeah, versus Icebreaker <laughs> by... Um, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Yeah. Very different Very films, different films. Right? I'd watch both. So would I. Yeah. What about Icebreaker by Rick Moranis? Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> by Mel Brooks. By Mel Brooks. Oh, see? There you go. So, um, until next time, this is uh, Gregory. Sam. Justin. Signing off. Join the fight and make comics. Mm-hmm.